Hi, I'm Jayant Sriram and welcome to In Focus, the Hindu's analysis podcast. Thanks for joining us. This is the daily COVID update show from the Hindu and we are recording our 18th episode on Tuesday, April the 7th. For much of this episode we are going to be discussing HCQ or hydroxychloroquine. That's the drug that's very much in the news today because India lifted its ban on exports of the drug ostensibly after US President Donald Trump uh, threatened some retaliatory action if India did not supply an order that the US had placed before this ban was uh, put into place. We'll discuss the latest developments on that and also get into some other topics most notably the fact that we might be getting some indications now that the lockdown might extend beyond April 14 and beyond the projected 21 days that it was initially planned for. So this is the first part of our update today. We have another episode planned with our data teams that hopefully we'll record and put out by tomorrow morning. So I'm joined today once again by national editor Suhasini Haider and deputy science editor Jacob Kosh. Okay uh so the first question i think we'll take even before we move to the um hcq discussion is the fact that uh various reports have suggested now that um we may be in for an extension of the 21 day lockdown um i know that earlier reports have you know talked about calibrated exits staggered exit uh, and now i think there there are some suggestions now that we could be in for an extension uh what can what can we say about that now what do we know so far um well jan obviously everybody has been waiting for the uh, big news because uh, 21 days did seem like an eternity when it was first announced on march uh, 24th on march 23rd in fact just a few hours before the lockdown began um but we're now two weeks into that uh, and from what we understand the government is taking a lot of inputs in order to decide just what it wants to do but what government sources did put out today and they haven't yet made any announcement uh so these things could change in the next couple of days but what they said is that they are getting a lot of requests from states in particular as well as from health officials uh asking for the lockdown to be uh, increased for a few more weeks could be perhaps to the end of april all of this right now is speculation because nobody has come out and said it openly but uh, but you could well hear in the next couple of days the government really making its announcement on where it wants to go with the lockdown right um just wanted to check uh, jacob um, you know the health ministry has kind of been you know fairly uh, not non committal about this uh, prospect what what have, what have they been saying over the past few days about the extension of the lockdown so they are again saying please wait for any official in, uh, confirmation do not speculate about the day and uh, on the their main messaging has been that you know we are now in you know in a in a bigger stage of the outbreak than just stage 2 or local transmission as uh, as they've always maintained they have said that now there's going to be a three tier system of hospitals that they've got put in plan one is to handle mild covid cases one is to high, high, highlight cases that need uh, uh you know slightly more uh, a greater degree of uh, you know of care and the third stage is where you know you would need dedicated covid hospitals or you know entire isolation blocks so this is the kind of discussions that are happening right now but on the other hand today is an interesting day because it is now 
two weeks and one day since uh, a, com- a complete ban on incoming flights to India came into effect. Now that means that every uh, every fresh case of of, of COVID uh, that 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 we would that we would now register would has has come into has come into being after uh, you know the ban and lockdown was put into place. Till now, you could attribute in theory every case to uh, you know to before twenty third as an outside infection, for instance, because uh, the it's said that COVID takes, I mean, the disease takes between 5 to 14 days to manifest. 14 days is an extreme range. It's mostly 5 days, but 14 is the maximum time in, interval. And now it's been 14, 15 days since 24th March. So now you would get a sense of all the, of all of the, of the level of transmission that, uh, you know, began, that, that had begun the last two weeks. And given that we are still registering 500 or 600 cases, Per day, uh, it shows that you know we are still at a very uh, at, at a very significant level of the outbreak require, requiring significant measures. Now, I this might lead to new modeling and you know new new kinds of estimates for the spread of the infection. So we really do not know how uh, you know whether April fifteenth or April fourteenth is going to be an important day for uh, you know for, for all of us in terms of uh, whether restrictions would actually be eased up it's quite likely that hotspot hotspot areas or you know places with large containment might actually see uh, more restrictions in terms depending on the case count the next few days so it is going to be a it is still a very uncertain time ahead in terms of forecasting you know uh, the, the the end of lockdown is what i would imagine right Okay, and let's just move on, Swasni, to the uh, HCQ issue. And uh, basically, I think the one really important question to ask here is the the fact that... Oh, so, we discussed this yesterday and we discussed the fact that the uh, ban on exports might be lifted. Um, but uh, if the messaging today is that we do have enough supplies and that's going to be provided for. So, I guess it begs the question, why was there, uh, why was there a ban in the first place? Uh, absolutely. And, you know... Uh... All of it is out there in the public domain, which is why so many questions are being asked about the timing of why the government chose to do this. Remember, March 24th, they, March 25th, they decide to actually put hydro, uh, hydroxychloroquine or HCQ on its restricted list, saying there would be some exceptions, but by and large, no exports of the drug. April 4th, which is just Saturday, they then say absolutely no exceptions. Um, and and make that a blanket ban on any export of HCQ. And then that decision changes just two days later on April 6th. Now, what happened in between was, of course, that Prime Minister Modi spoke both to the U.S. President Donald Trump as well as to the Brazilian President, uh, Herr Bolsonaro. Both of them made the same request and then went public with that request, which was that India should revoke its ban and allow advance orders that had already been placed by the U.S. and and Brazil, both of whom had not only placed advance orders, but apparently made advance payments, uh, and asked that India not have a a sort of blanket ban on the supply of the drug. Remember, India does produce 70% of the world's HCQ. One of the reasons is uh, because we have a lot of malaria and also we provide the the drug to countries like Africa and other in, in, in the global south. So uh, the the timing became a real matter 
uh, of controversy in a sense, uh, Jayant, although the government has explained that their decision to revoke the ban on HCQ really stemmed from two or three factors. One, that they have determined that they have more than enough of uh, supplies of the drug. Uh, there was a, a question about whether the essential ingredients from China would come in, but a new stock taking seems to have told them over the weekend that India is okay for the moment. Um, the, the government doesn't really want to give any indications of exactly how much it has in the national stockpile, uh, but they say that they, they have more than enough. Uh, the other point is really that there's a humanitarian consideration here and that if countries are in need of the drug, for whatever reason, whether or not it has been clinically proven as a cure for coronavirus or not, um, then it is India's role in the world uh, as a global leader to, to provide that drug. Um, and then the third really being that India is seen as the pharmacy of the world, uh, that we, uh, we did have uh, so many of, of the Indian producers taking in orders over the last month and then those were left on, in the lurch. Uh, so it would be bad for India's reputation in a sense if they were to walk away. The question remains, why did they put the blanket ban without asking? But perhaps in an unprecedented situation like this, decisions do get taken. Um, but I think the really interesting point then came when uh, the U.S. president, not known for his diplomacy on a good day, decided to follow up all his comments about uh, asking India for, uh, for the supplies of HCQs by suggesting that there would be retaliation from the United States if India was not to accept his request. Uh, now, these aren't empty threats, as we know, with the United States in the last few weeks, they have put bans on American companies exporting masks to any other countries. That led to an uproar from many of the smaller countries around the U.S., um, uh, Canada and Mexico as well, until they, they did um, uh, resolve that issue. Uh, we had from Barbados uh, a, 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 a criticism of the United States that stopped shipments uh, there. Um, the U.S. also stopped shipments from the 3M factory in Thailand, which were bound for Germany. In fact, a German minister called it you know, new age piracy, because the U.S. has been so particular about uh, ensuring that they get the supplies they need. Of course, they are one of the worst hit by the pandemic. So when President Trump said uh, that there may be retaliation, why wouldn't there be if India were not to uh, open its supplies to the U.S.? That has left let off uh, a real controversy because um, there are those who are asking, is India doing this because it's a humanitarian gesture, or is India doing this because they came under pressure, the government came under pressure from the US? Okay, uh, just uh, I think a couple of uh, questions about HCQ just need to be cleared up briefly. Uh, I think, Jacob, maybe you can take this. Uh, the first thing is, look, um, what we know about HCQ from the US perspective is that uh, a few weeks ago, Donald Trump, you know, claimed that this was some sort of magic solution, and then that was kind of walked back a little bit. So, but I mean, but he does think that this is a good treatment option. What we have said so far is that it can be used as a prophylactic for um, a preventive for uh, people who are at high risk. So healthcare workers, people who come into contact with uh, patients. So in that context, I mean, do we see it as a, as a sort of wide scale treatment option or is it still kind of a prophylactic for high risk patients? It is a prophylactic for high risk patients and the ICMR is very clear about its recommendations that you know, this is something that is to be given only in extremely restricted quantities. 
the the, right. the evidence for hcq is actually extremely uh, is extremely limited it is just there is there is been a couple of trials in france and in china where they showed that uh, among a group of severely infected uh, individuals those who were on an hcq and azithromycin which is an antibiotic combination they recovered slightly faster that is uh, four or five days faster because of which this would this cleared up you know uh, beds and you know uh, you know made as uh, hospitalizations uh, easier so this is the whole evidence basis on which this entire craze for this uh, combination now uh, exists even india when it has allowed it for healthcare workers isn't really uh, you know uh, executing it as a trial it is not there's no we don't know yet if they are actually monitoring it carefully as they would in a proper trial to see uh, uh, you know what kind of protective protection it offers so it is there's no real evidence so far for you know the, the use of this drug but on the other hand it is india also faces this other problem of health workers and doctors and nurses uh, saying that you know at least expressing fears that they don't have enough uh, personal protective equipment uh, yeah. uh, there's shortages of masks so there's also this background thinking that you know maybe if we just pop these to pop the spills you know it gives us some kind of protection against it and uh, but on the other hand this is also extremely ill advised because there was a doctor in guwahati you know who uh, you know who tried this the spill and you know he 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 actually whatsapp saying that you know, to a group of fellow doctors saying that you know this does not seem to be working and very soon he and within day within a day he succumbed to a heart attack now this also is a uh, uh, you know is a known side effect of of hcq which is that you know it could at in some cases lead to cardiac arrhythmia so it is not delicate drug though very paradoxically the drug action is to reduce the uh, you know reduce the hyperactivity of the immune system what happens sometimes in covid is that in severe cases there is extreme there is severe pneumonia and the immune system overreacts in trying to clear out the infection and it is overreaction that is that is said to be a cause of respiratory failure and death so an hcq or antiviral combination lowers the immune system's response to kind of moderate this attack it is this ability of it to lower the immune to keep the immune system under check that makes it very useful in rheumatoid arthritis and lupus which are all autoimmune disorders but on the other hand imagine if hcq were to be given in a large population of uh, of people with mild symptoms and if the drug's action is to reduce the potency of the immune system that is kind of paradoxical and contradictory to what you know what we know about covid so far which is that you need to have a decent immune response to fight the infection so that's which is why which is why it is not really prescribed for a large swath of population but given the debate around it given that you know presidents and prime ministers are talking about it there again seems to be a lot of confusion i believe in you know in the larger uh, space on is this really a wonder drug because there seems to be if it's so precious and countries are fighting about fighting for it they it must be having miraculous powers which are tried and tested all not true and you know it is going to be a good while before evidence of this comes comes forth so to say
Right. Uh, also, you know, Swasni, this thing about HCQ being so precious, all I've, all that I've read about it so far indicates that it's pretty cheap uh, to produce and uh, manufacture. But, uh, so what's the, I mean, in, in the context in which this retaliatory threat was made by uh, Mr. Trump, is it is it the fact that, uh, you know, the US is not able to produce this drug or something in that, something of that nature? Well, the, the truth is India has the assembly lines and the systems right. to, right. to produce this drug and is does produce 70% of the world's HCQ. Um, the fact is that essential ingredients come in from China uh, and India does have a supply chain uh, established already. Um, and to be honest, in the last month when uh, when US, the US president actually put out his, um, his, his if you like, his, his endorsement of this drug, uh, and as Jacob has pointed out, there is no, uh, no conclusive clinical evidence yet of its efficacy. Um, uh, there are so many Indian companies that have gone out there and actually increased their production, uh, some, some of them by as much as five times, in order to uh, deal with the potential increase in demand for the drug. Uh, now, where is the controversy then? Why should India even worry about uh, sending this drug out? It's simply because, A, um, nobody really knows which way this is going to turn. The hope is that by the end of this week, as Jacob said, there will be a clearer idea of where India is going, where it comes to the, the curve of, uh, of the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, but until we know for sure, it may, it may be impossible to really gauge how much one needs. The second thing is uh, that, of course, it's used for other diseases as well. It's an anti-malarial. It is used for lupus. It's used for rheumatoid. Arthritis, um, and the third is that while the ICMR has in its recommendations that doctors, nurses, and health workers use this drug for uh, as a prophylaxis, you are going to need stocks of it. Uh, clearly, the government is confident that it does have the stocks it needs uh, and can send these out. Uh, I think a lot of it is about the messaging, and in that sense, Mr. Trump sort of created an unnecessary and a completely avoidable kerfuffle by suggesting that he uh, want, was going to insist on India sending this drug come what may, and you know he was willing to uh, put retaliatory measures in place if India didn't. Uh, the truth is that uh, the US, Brazil, and we understand more than two dozen countries, including many in Europe, had already spoken to the Indian government about this. They were in talks with the Indian government. So this was a decision that was expected, as we've been saying. Um, but uh, but the fact is now the government has decided uh, it's left the discretion to the Ministry of External Affairs and the Department of Pharmaceuticals to keep collaborating and checking whether we have enough stocks and what is the um, uh, what what is the likely demand domestically. Remember, the U.S. itself has announced. Mr. Trump said it at a briefing that the that the U.S. has a national stockpile of 29 million pills or, or doses of this drug. So the question is really how much is enough and who needs it? Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, that's it. it is quite confusing. Uh, but let's 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 end on um, uh, just with a with a small uh, detour there. It's been it's been one week so Asni since um, since uh, the 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 Tablighi Jamaat uh, Nizamuddin um, cluster caused such a uh, kerfuffle in the news. And uh, so many cases have been uh, linked to that uh, to that one event. What's the what is the scene like in uh, in Nizamuddin uh, these days? Hello. Uh, the truth is that 
it's not just in India now, but worldwide that the word Nizamuddin is very well known because uh, it's not known anymore so much for the shrine after whom the, the entire na- uh, area was named, but really because it became the super spreader in the Indian co- coronavirus pandemic uh, after members of the Tabliki Jamaat, this little known sect, that have their headquarters in uh, the in the Tabliki Manzil in Nizamuddin uh, reported these cases. Many of them had come from abroad, many foreign nationals in there. And suddenly you have this full-blown crisis with thousands of people being tested uh, and a third of the Indian cases that were confirmed positive coming from this one source, essentially. So it's been a week uh, since then. And, and, the, and the truth is that as of today, now, this is the interesting bit. As of today, officials actually say that no one outside the Tabliki Manzil has tested positive as a result of somebody from uh, from this group, uh, which essentially means that it was a crisis, but it was self-contained inside this building where these thousands of people had congregated for a conference and not in the areas around it. However, I've been speaking to so many people who live there and really for um, complete uh, disclosure, I also do live in the area. Um, and, and speaking to yeah. people, the sense I get is the thing that, that hurts perhaps the most is that the entire area is now tainted as a sort of Corona country, uh, area. Um, and to give you small examples of how it's affected the people, it's, you know, um, uh, supplies and, and vendors are not coming into the areas. And this is a fairly large area for anyone who knows Delhi. It's, um, uh, it abuts an area called the Nizamuddin Basti, where the Nizamuddin Shrine is and the Tabliki Manzil was. There's Nizamuddin West, Nizamuddin East, uh, divided by one of the main roads in Delhi. Uh, and then there's the entire Nizamuddin Railway Station. So this is a fairly large area. Uh, and um, and the people are complaining about access to supplies. They're also uh, talking about the fact that, you know, delivery, food delivery, like Zomato and Swiggy are no longer delivering in these areas. Um, but more uh, more seriously, a few days ago, um, we heard we heard from one of the resident welfare association officials who said that even ambulances are not keen to come to the area, and, and it so happened that somebody who was diabetic had sugar levels dropping uh, was unable to get an ambulance to come pick him up. Uh, luckily, another hospital did send someone after the first hospital heard that he had to be picked up from Nizamuddin. Uh, so these are just you know sort of. Um, uh, 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 perhaps collateral damage when you're talking about the scale of such a big pandemic. But but these are real people who are also facing not only the pressures of being in lockdown, which everybody is, and uh, worrying about a livelihood, worrying about the future, but are also worrying about the stigma that now attaches itself to an entire area in Delhi. Then, Right. Okay, um, on that uh, slightly somber note, we will end uh, today's episode. And uh, thank you both once again, of course, for being with me. And um, we'll speak to you again tomorrow. All right. Good night. Okay. Bye. 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 Bye.